Entrepreneurship touches every area of your life, particularly when you're born into it. Today's guest is Lillian Werben, second-generation entrepreneur, president, and co-owner of Elderly Instruments, an all-around very cool girl. We can't wait to talk to her about building community, leading an industry, and carrying on a legacy. The Speakeasy Podcast, real talk about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity and business, we probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. We created a mocktail for Lily at her request. So Jen, what's in it? It is a mocktail French 75. And if you know this episode or you know Karen or I, you know that we really enjoy a French 75. So this is a lot of fun. It's got lemon juice, simple syrup, sparkling water, and San Pellegrino lemonata soda, which is, I think, the key. I love a good San Pellegrino with some ice and lemon twists. So delish. Yeah, it is delish. And lemon, I think, is one of my favorite flavors in general. I cook with it almost every day. Yeah. So I'm a fan. Yeah. So this is a nice fresh thing and I can't wait to keep it around all summer long for sure. I know. Uh, and speaking of fresh things, Lily, thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Okay. So tell us about Elderly Instruments. I mean, we know you're my neighbor, but uh, tell us about Elderly um, well, Elderly Instruments is a one-stop shop for all things acoustic music and related. So we sell, trade, and consign, uh, so buy, sell, trade, and consign musical instruments, primarily fretted and stringed, so banjos, mandolins, guitars, the like. Um, we also have a fully staffed repair shop, so we can... Um, keep musical instruments playing longer. Um, we have an appraisal team so we can do trade-ins and all of that for the true lifelong musicians. Um, so we we do it all for those who know us. Uh, now, I want to I want to inject my I have a couple elderly stories but I had a, a producer come into town who was from Manhattan and he was talking about and, and we did our job and we had about an hour before we took him to dinner. And I said, hey, if you want to, and he had talked about being a guitarist. And so I said, hey, if you want to walk around the corner, you can browse around to elderly. And he was like, oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> why would there be a, a nationally renowned music shop in, you know, where he was. And so, and, you know, he's got his, and he talked about the place he goes in Manhattan. And when we, I think I know what place he probably was talking about. (laughs) Well, it's my, we're talking about elderly. So, (laughs) Well, so when we picked him up at dinner, he said, I have to tell you, I kind of grimaced when you wanted me to go to this local place. He said, but I pulled, he said, not in Manhattan. Could you pull something off a wall? It would be caged. He said, I pulled like the, the whatever, whatever off the wall and just played it freely. And he goes, it was such a joy. And he was like, and so he emailed me when he returned to Manhattan, thanking me because he became an online customer. Oh, thank you. I, yeah. I love stories like that. Um, my dad actually grew up in New York. And so a lot of what he built was kind of in contrast to what he didn't prefer. Uh, we'll say it that way. Um, so being able to pick an instrument off the wall was really important to him in the beginning and is still one of those things that like we're going to hold on to. Um, but 
Thanks. Yeah, that's really cool. Isn't that fun? That that story illustrates, you know, what I was thinking is, Lily, when I hear you talk about elderly, you sound so factual and humble about it, but you're kind of a big deal. So let's talk a little bit. I mean, tell us a little bit about sort of your your family starting a a space and how it has grown. And you you are deeply beloved and nationally renowned. So it's not like, well, we, you know, have some stuff on the wall. So... (laughs) Take off all the humble and, and tell us about all of that and how you got there. It's funny. Uh, we I was raised this way, I promise. Um, but my dad started the store with his at the time partner Sharon, um, and they were like fresh out of grad school, you know, and not sure what to do other than they really liked musical instruments, specifically vintage musical instruments at the time. Um, and they were already trading with people. And they were in Ann Arbor, um, and Ann Arbor already had a great music store, so uh, they moved to East Lansing. And it was just the two of them, no calculator, no computer, none of that, you know, just the two of them and a bunch of instruments. And after a couple of years, literally three or four years, they were shipping internationally. they they'd hired a couple staff members, so they were repair doing small repairs on instruments, buying, trading, consigning, um, and so it just grew. Um, the website was a brainchild of one of the staff at the time, and up until recently, they were they were still with us. Um, and so, like, it's been this really organic growth of not only my dad's passion for music, but like the staff over the years, um, all of the friends of elderly. uh, We get a lot of customers who teach us a lot. And so it really is the brainchild of every musician who's come through, Um, which is why I speak so humbly about it because it feels like um, a really powerful, but um, quiet thing, you know? It's, I don't want to toot my own horn because it's not my own, it's not my own to toot. It's everybody can, can toot that horn, I guess. <laughs> but I mean, what that says about um, your family though, is that you're um, so willing to listen. I mean, if, if, if you keep incorporating things, you know, the feedback that people give you, that just says so much about who you are as a family. I appreciate that. <laughs> um. I'm an only child and I'm adopted. And so I I take family pretty seriously. And being able to continue a legacy that has so many people involved is, it is a humbling thing. I, I feel uh, very blessed to, to be in the position I am. So, mm. Well, I have a question for you. Um, it's about personification. So if you were a stringed instrument... <laughs> What stringed instrument would you be and why? A banjo. I certainly think so. Um, For a couple of reasons. The banjo is historically uh, an African instrument. And it came with Africans through the slave trade. Um, I'm not a historian, so I'm certain I have friends who are going to be like, why did you say it like that? Um, But the banjo is in my opinion, 
full of the American dream and full of American history. Um, as a black person who grew up in white America, both of my parents are uh, present as white. Um, I truly feel like this connection with the banjo because it also had to adapt through American history and, and through different um, pockets of people and pockets of, of genres of music. Um, it often gets caught up in political conversations. And so um, if I were a musical instrument, I would be a banjo and I would be proud of it. And I'd be an open back, not a resonator. <laughs> I just love that your answer for that was like, you knew you have thought that through. I have actually, um, our social media specialist extraordinaire asked me yesterday, like, you really like the band? Like, yeah, I really do. I really, really do. (laughs) There's a beautiful picture of you holding a banjo on your website. So I, I suspected you might say so. Yeah, I, I, aside from elderly, I do a bunch of stuff in the greater folk music, trad music communities. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things I help put on is called the Banjo Gathering. And it's specifically for scholars and historians who are just interested in the cultural and actual composition of the banjo. Um, So like the build and where it was built and who built it, all of that kind of nuanced information. So My um, third grade teacher, I credit, he was a folk musician, and I credit him for um, introducing me to that genre of music. Um, I'm a big bluegrass and folk lover, but he, uh, and he gave us all nose flutes and jaw harps when we were in third grade. <laughs> like he was super into it, but he made his own banjo out of a oh, table. Cool. And he would always, and he would use his belly as a mute. <laughs> Love it. I like that. Might have to incorporate that one in our social. Yeah, we'll he see. would like swing it out and to make it louder. He had <laughs> Mr. Anderson, third grade. All right. So do you feel like your, your path was ordained? You know what I mean? Like, was there a way to grow up in that environment? you know, with music and a small business and not be who you are and not grow up to be the president and co-owner? <laughs> we were close. <laughs> um, I wasn't really involved in the business growing up. He, at When I was in high school, we had triple the staff that we have right now. So like they didn't need my teenage uh, angsty self in the building. Um, yeah. So I went to Western and I went for public relations. And when I graduated, I wasn't sure if I wanted to work for a company I didn't believe in or work for the masses, which I also have hard times believing in. Um, And so I asked my dad, like, can I just kind of work at the store and figure my life out? And he was like, ugh. (laughs) <laughs> okay, if you have to, you know, um, but it was kind of like magical. As soon as I got there, it was, I got a lot of feedback, of course. People like, I want to tell you this. I want to tell you this. I can't tell your dad this, but I'll tell you this. And through that, we got a lot of collaboration that like my dad was 
more than open to, but there's, there's a, you know, you get to 40 years in a business and some of the lines of communication get diminished, you know? And so I think what I was actually able to do and what got me so excited about being at Elderly was the merging between his ideal like foundation, like the foundation of Elderly, where he thought it could go and where I thought it could go. Mm. Because at a certain point, you got to actually start talking about a succession, which we had not. Um, and instead of like the succession being the focus, the collabo was the focus. Mm -hmm. And so I think the first year I was at Elderly, my mom, who also works at the business, um, did a one-on-one -on -one with all of the staff and was like, what are... What are your upsets? What are your favorites? What do you wish? You know, let's put it all on paper. And I've been working from that document ever since. Mm. I've, I've re revamped it. I've done my own one-on-ones, but kind of earlier and we were talking about how like the feedback yeah. makes elderly feel so wholesome and I'm obsessed with it. I, <laughs> I, I just can't get enough of what do you think we can do next? Do, could we fix up what we've done? Oh, you like doing that. We'll do more of that, you know? Um, and that's kind of how I got involved is, is the people aspect of the business. As you're talking, you said it was kind of magic, but as you're talking, what I feel is almost like a jam session. Like that's how musicians work, yeah? Yeah, I grew up in a jam, you know, like, <laughs> I'm not much of a musician because I'm a better audience member, frankly. Um, but being in the middle of a collaborative circle and with music, you can actually like hear the collaboration, mm -hmm. right? In a meeting, you're chatting, there's collabo, but there's something about nonverbal collaboration that you can actually feel. Mm -hmm. and. Mm -hmm bless them all, they've managed to make like the work feel like music a lot of the time. I, I'm sure it doesn't always feel like magic to everyone. Sure. Um, but I, I love that metaphor though. The work feeling like music, it makes so much sense when I hear you say it. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm no, I'm just I'm taking that away and I'm thinking of, you know, staff meetings and boards of directors and groups of volunteers and how each layer adds and makes the whole and it just makes so much sense oh, yeah. when I hear you say it. That's so interesting. Well, because when you have like we've all had a bad meeting, you know, and when you try and figure out oh, why was that such a bad meeting? because there wasn't enough input or there wasn't enough feedback or not everybody showed up and it's the wrong you can't have a concert with that with part of the band I mean you can but that's not what they paid for um so it's that kind of thing where like sure you can get the job done with some or partial input but boy it feels so much better when all of it's on the table even if you can't please everyone you know well, um, let's talk about that a little bit because 
you know, growing up in the business, even though you said you didn't work there as a teenager, everybody who's been a longtime um, employee knows Lily in diapers. Uh, (laughs) How is it that you then finish college and step, step into a role and without having to command respect, making sure that people aren't treating you like Lillian diapers? Um, I'll be honest. It's been a difficulty. Um, I am. And I assume that there's not as many women in the building. Yeah, no, there's not. Um, but it's interesting that I get a lot of questions about like my staff because I, I believe I still manage five generations. Um, I have at least two employees who were there in the first five years. Um, and of course we have people who've come over the years. We have just like a large variety in staff. I, you know, for me, I don't have the luxury of actually code switching in a business. So like I have to present all the time as my absolute self or I'll drown. Um, But so I think that helped in that I'm adult Lily is different than Lily in diapers. Um, And they had to kind of accept that there have certainly been people over the years who couldn't and they'll always be, you know, part of the fam, but they might not clock in every day. (laughs) Um, And that's kind of, it says more about society than them. I think, Um, I don't think generally speaking, I don't think men, American men are taught to accept authority that's younger than them female, POC. Um, So I had a lot of things working against me, quote unquote. Uh, I feel it more in the greater industry than in my building though. Um, I think they had enough respect for my dad to trust him that I wouldn't be around if he didn't think I was good for the business. and when I started pulling my own weight, I think that did a lot too. <laughs> you know, when the strategic plan is coming from here and everybody's on board, you know, it it has less to do with the person and the plan. Yeah. Um, sure. So I don't know. There are difficulties, but no more than in the rest of the world. So right. And but darn it, that the three of us ever felt that we had to prove ourselves to be taken uh, seriously. Seriously, though. <laughs> I find I find it so interesting, sort of the the conversation you just ha- had, sort of aligned with you know you you mentioned you're better as a audience member than on stage, so you are not you know a diehard musician per se. Um, you had to you know sort of assimilate to white culture. You have a lot of places where you weren't you you don't present as the traditional. Oh, that's exactly who would own a music shop. <laughs> And in in so many ways, and this is where I think there's so much exploration to happen. But your skill set and your differences 
complement and help to grow. And that's where I think there's such an opportunity in, in entrepreneurship and in people coming together as a team, because you're bringing in experiences and points of view that are fresh and new and different, mm-hmm. which must be great for a business that's had, you know, lots and lots of years behind it. And for an industry that can use some freshening as all <laughs> industries can all the time. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting. A lot of the acoustic music communities had a bit of a reckoning in the last couple of years. Um, Cause facing the music is a little difficult when you really are looking at it through a historical lens. Um, and what I really appreciate about my dad and for all of the staff at Elderly is that like they didn't shy away from the history over all these years. So there wasn't a big change in how we actually look at music. Um, it's just who might be the face of, of the store, I guess. Yeah. And but I think because the internal way elderly looks at music, works with customers, um, and like loves the instruments, we didn't have to do any shifting in those areas. We, there was no perspective shift. Sure. Um, I back the way my dad views instruments through and through 100%. And I learned a lot of my patience with people and their own stuff from my dad. Um, you know, the customer is always right in some aspect of things and that like, we're here to help them. And that's my job. So, but my job honestly is to help any person through the building. Right. So I don't know. You said that I'm better. At, he brought up that I said I'm better as an audience member and I certainly am more comfortable support as a supporting role. Um, I like singing backup. I like, you know, being on a recorded album is a lot of fun because nobody sees me. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's sometimes what leadership's about, though. Being behind the scenes. Yeah. Well, and being in a supporting role and celebrating the people who are on stage when it's their time to be on stage. Yeah. Yeah. And absurdly leadership. Yeah. And I would rather succeed in that realm. You know, if my professional persona is you think of me and you think, oh, she'll help. I like that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if if it means that I'm a little spread thin sometimes, I don't mind. I'm I'm connecting a lot of communities and it feels good to me. So you do, we see you a lot in how you build community. And I find it so interesting because, you know, I don't have a good window, of course, into the music and the folk music in the stringed instrument community, but I know that you have quite a bit of influence there and spend time building that community. We see you here locally building our local community and being a model for how small business should run. And so I, I, I just want you to talk for a couple of minutes about you know, you're, you're running your business, of course, and that has all the things that go with it, being a small business, caring about the people, caring about the topic, but also all those wraparound places where you have to show up and lead and help things change. How do you juggle all that? Oh, 
how do I juggle all that? <laughs> um, I don't know, passion. It really comes down to like, I'm grateful that my staff at Elderly recognize that like these outside endeavors are also elderly endeavors. Um, but I assist in co-directing a bunch of camps, banjo camp and ukulele camp. Um, I help organize the Fort Worth African-American Roots Music Festival in Texas. Um, I spoke a little bit about the banjo gathering. Um, I do sit on a few boards, uh, locally, the Old Town Commercial Association, but nationally, I'm on the Bluegrass Pride Board, um, which is specifically an LGBTQ plus um, inclusion board. We're specifically making spaces for marginalized people in bluegrass music. Um, I sit on the Arnold Schultz Fund, which is an IBMA organization, um, which offers grants to um, marginalized communities for their efforts in trad and folk music. Um, I'm certain I'm forgetting something, but I, I have a hard time saying no if it is gonna champion community. Um, and I like a good grassroots come up. So <laughs> a lot of these boards and um, organizations are new. Um, but it's, it feels really good to do, to do the work and not kind of talk about it all the time. I do, I just do it. <laughs> so cool. Thanks. So what's next? How, so elderly is what, how many years old now? We'll be 50 this July. You will be 50 this July. That is a half a century. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I love that you talk about that you at elderly you you've you sort of worked from the one-on-one -on -one plan and you've you've kept building on that plan and and you have a strategy because that's so important. Um so what are we going to see in the next decade? Well, we hit the ground running. We almost skipped our 49th year because, you know, counting's hard. Um <laughs> but it <laughs> We're planning a block party, um, July fifth. It's our actual birthday, so mark your calendars. Um, but we'll be just kind of celebrating the community that helped us get where we are, and inviting as many people through the building in that year that we can. Um, we've recently relaunched our lessons program online. We recently launched. Uh, loyalty rewards. Um, we're working on affiliate networks of sorts so that we can kind of partner with more musicians across the U.S., um, more collaborations on social. So it really will, we're going to harken back to being the community's music store, the people's music store, you know, <laughs> that's the plan. I would say you have a pretty good jump on it. <laughs> I just I listen to you talk and I feel like what a model for America like just metaphorically what a model for where we need to go and the changes we need to see and how small business matters in communities and the people who run them matter 
and uh, what can make a community run. I, that's bad. It's a really big compliment. Um, there's a lot of talk about what could be done in the world around us. And <laughs> I try to be as kind as possible. You know, there's a lot of hubbub and everybody's tired, you know, a little grace and a little patience goes a long way. And certainly in the workplace. <laughs> yes. I hear you. That's, you couldn't have said it better. I'll use a little more grace and patience and kindness. Okay. So before we wrap this up, this has been so interesting. I could talk to you for another hour easy, um, but we know our listeners are busy as well. So tell us where can listeners find you and find elderly so they can sort of experience what this is? Yes. Well, you can find me at elderly. (laughs) Um, 1100 North Washington Avenue, Lansing, Michigan. Um, But our website is always on uh, elderly.com, of course. And, you know, if you're a new musician, give us a call. We're happy to walk you through the process. Um, Or if you're an established musician, we're happy to walk you through the process. (laughs) Um, We really are here for, for those of you who play and those of you who enjoy it, just come on through. We'd like to see you. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a real special conversation. Thanks for having me. I really had a fun time. Here's to you. There is no doubt that the right fit in any organization makes everything, well, better. From CEO to creative talent, even that very first job out of college, not just any job will do. And even service positions, great volunteers or board members can make all of the difference. Next time, we'll dissect what makes a great fit and talk about getting the right people in the right seats. Join us. Thanks, everybody.